Welcome to That's What Sure Said. I'm Adam. And I'm Brooks. And this is the show where we think long and hard about The Office, Parks and Recreation, and all the other great content produced by Greg Daniels and Michael Schur. Here we go. So, there's a season one for this show called The Office, just like every other show that's ever existed. That's right. There's always a beginning. And this one is, uh, well, it's, it's like any good origin story. It's got some fun facts that you may have never heard of that we are going to share with you Quick facts. on this episode. Because can't, you can't say fast facts because that's... Yeah. Already, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's already taken. Um, yeah, but you know, in this episode, we're going to be talking about season one of The Office, how it kind of came to be. We're going to briefly touch on some of the original BBC version, um, and just kind of, yeah, just kind of establish like what this show was like in its infancy. Yes, um, you know, it was uh, not the longest season, but kind of the same thing kind of happened with, um, Seinfeld, right? Seinfeld was wasn't that only like four or five episodes? Mm. The it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles, and then at that point, once mm-hmm. they got renewed, they kind of had their they kind of had their you know their uh, understanding of what the show was and where they were going with it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so th- that kind of reminds me of this a little bit in that sense, uh, you know, because uh, there it's not like we have a lot of other shows um, that are kind of like in the comedy genre, I guess that. Do that do that i mean can you think of others that have had those really really short first seasons in the comedy world gosh you know it's it's kind of one of those things that usually when a show does have like such a short first order like that that it doesn't make it too far and therefore you know that's why i feel like you know off the top of my head i can't really think of of any yeah. others um because i think it's it's a bit maybe a bit more rare for a show to have such a sort of slow start and then like, you know, sort of pick up steam and, you know, by the third season, it's like won an Emmy yeah. and all this stuff. So, or nominated or whatever. Yeah. Cause I mean like the, the walking dead, for example, only has, I think six episodes in their first season. And then every season after that's been 16 pretty consistently. And, uh, so it's yeah, it's kind of it's interesting how you know because it's 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 like a pilot season almost. It's not just like a pilot episode. They get a whole batch of episodes that they get to like, you know. It's like well, if if, so if all of these don't work, you know, because a lot of times you have one pilot, one show, one episode, and if it's you know like it, 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 I I going back to Seinfeld, I think of the Seinfeld show that they created in the show, <laughs> yeah, and Jerry. they get that one pilot. Yeah, Jerry, <laughs> they get that one episode and it was canceled. Yep, <laughs> and it's like. Imagine if The Office got that. They only had one episode to prove themselves, and they it might it might not have made it, you know? Because if if you get one episode of this first season, yeah, and it's like, well, that's it. I don't know if I want to watch a show for eight seasons about that, you know? Yeah. And so you get more time, even even though Michael's character doesn't progress yet at this point, we still get a lot of that comedy. We realize, okay, well, this will at least be funny. You know, like the first episode, you're still not kind of unsure of how to approach the show. Um, so you kind of need some momentum going to, to keep it keep it going, I think. And I, I think that's that's a good point. And I think that's probably why they did um, for the pilot episode. They did essentially like the same exact episode as the BBC's office uh, pilot. So. That was something that I think um, 
and you know i'm gonna i have this new book from andy green the untold story of the greatest sitcom of the 2000s the office so i'm gonna be referencing that a little bit but um you know one of the things that i kind of gleaned uh from from this book about that decision was that you know i guess the producers felt like even though our show isn't going to be like a exact recreation of the BBC one that starting off on that strong foot that they know like, okay, like people love this, you know, it worked really well with the Gervais show and we can kind of, you know, if we only have one episode, then this is, this is putting our best foot forward. Um, yeah. and then I want to say the second they, cause they shot him out of order, but the second one that aired was diversity day, right? Oh, right, because of the way they shot it. Yeah, uh, I think so, because, yeah. Yeah, right. and then that one, I think, was a great, like, pivot, because it's, it's you know, it's much different, um, and, it, and it sort of, I don't know, it just takes it up, takes it up another notch, so. You feel like it involves, it's the first episode, because the first one, it, you really do get a lot more of, like, Pam and and Jim and Dwight and Michael. You don't really get the office as a whole. And this this diversity day is a chance for you to kind of see mm. like other characters, like um uh like uh what is it Mindy's wait mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah I'm trying to think she's got yeah she's got the a couple scenes she's that that's her googie googie yeah. scene where she <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she like she couldn't even like you know because Mindy Kelling apparently can't like do any of these scenes without laughing <laughs> yeah. so. She, you can even tell in the scene she slaps him and then runs yeah. out. She's like cracking up. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, I think like one the like an overarching thing for this first season is that it is overall a lot closer to the original BBC series, and that you know Michael Scott, the character, is closer to David Brent um, in terms of his, you know, his. Um, uh, arrogance and his like he's just kind of mean sometimes and he's also i mean he still has that sort of boyish playfulness but um but yeah that's something that we'll we'll be talking and sort of talking about and tracking is like how michael changes yeah. over the the first and second season but um well yeah because i know when i started to show every time i would show like a friend or someone you would never seen the office the show you always had to kind of slog through the first season because he was, I like obviously as big fans and as people who love the comedy and stuff, it, it, we we love that's the first season. But it's like there's something when you're first getting into it that that's like because of that David Brentness to Michael, it's kind of it's that unlikable. Like I don't know if I can deal with this guy on screen the whole time, constantly. You know, like uh, and so it's it's good the decision they make going into season two i think is really good um because i think the uk show would have had to do the same thing or that wouldn't have lasted it, that wouldn't have gone because it only went a couple seasons right it was only uh, two seasons yeah um so and then that christmas special thing but like that i think is perfect for what it was based on david brent's character um so it's it's it was a good decision by the the writers to kind of say okay we're going forward now let's see what we can do to make this you know, because because really, season two is the first uh, place we get a story arc. So season one, we don't really have any. We have a no cold opens. Mm, um, that's right. And we also have no yeah no real story arc except for just Michael's this this annoying boss. And then there's there's a little bit of a little bit of Jim yeah. and Pam. You kind of have a little bit of that like hint. They establish it, you know. Yeah, but there's the the story beats don't really appear until season two. 
but yeah, so from that book, were there any other um, any other little tidbits you had? Like, uh... yeah, well, so one thing that I found really interesting um, is the the way in which these shows were cast. Um, because, and for just a second, I'm going to be referring to both of them. Um, the creators like really wanted to maintain this like very realistic atmosphere and to to have it feel like you know, if you were flipping through the TV, you'd come across this and you might think it's an actual documentary, but like the more you watch, it's like, oh wait, no, this is, you know, this is funny and it's scripted and stuff. But just in terms of how the actors perform, how the camera works, all that stuff. And one of the, um, the cool things I learned from listening to the office ladies podcast is how Greg Daniels found Mindy Kaling. Well, yeah, so essentially, Greg Daniels was just like going out to see a show in New York with his wife, and it was some like off Broadway thing, or I don't know, but it was a play called Ben and Matt, and it's it's a play about uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck writing Goodwill Hunting, I think, or it's just about the two of them, and yeah. <laughs> it was written and performed by Mindy Kaling and a friend of hers. Um, who I want to say, I might be getting this wrong, but I want to say Mindy's friend that did Ben and Matt with her was in an episode of the office. Like I want to say she played that, the woman, Brenda from corporate on the booze cruise, maybe. Yeah. Does that sound right? That does sound yeah. right, yeah, because I, I remember her being, like, someone, like, one of the, fr- like, friends of somebody when they were talking about the show, so, yeah, 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 that makes sense. So, you know, I, I learned that somewhat recently, and um, a cool little tidbit from the book is is just sort of a parallel between that sort of casting with the UK show. Um, one of the UK uh, producers, Ash Atala, says, quote, we wanted to cast people who were as naturalistic as Ricky. Gervais. And that's where you need a bit of luck, the sort of alchemy that comes together on every great show. Ricky had seen Martin Freeman at a sketch show. You could see very quickly that he was a very naturalistic, classy actor. And so, like, that same thing of Martin Freeman, who plays Tim, he was found just simply because, like, he was in another show, and they thought, oh, wow, he's really good. So it's kind of a a parallel on how, you know, Mindy, the writer-actor, uh, came in and, and sort of, you know, not, not your typical casting process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that's really cool. Cause yeah, like the, how he discovered her in general, like through that, um, <laughs> through that play. Um, but also in general, I, I've always respected, um, all of Allison Jones and her casting has always been amazing. Um, mm, I mean, yeah. pretty much any show that has a good cast, and it, it's probably casted by Allison Jones, <laughs> like what Freaks and Geeks, um, pretty much all the other shows, like Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, you know, The Good Place, yeah, like all and those shows. Going back even farther, like Stephanie and I have been watching Boy Meets World. Yeah, Allison Jones is all over yeah. that. Yep, she's. <laughs> so. I mean, when you see casting director, that's like the one that you can be like, "Oh yeah, I know who that casting director is." You know, because I, I don't know a lot of other casting directors, but exactly, yeah, Allison Jones is uh, really good at at kind of you know seeing the talent for maybe not what it is, not just in the audition itself. Because I mean, on paper, like Seth Rogen, you know, as uh, was it was Jim, right? Was he going for Jim? Or was it Dwight? Um, I forget. It was I one, think it was Dwight. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, that would have been like funny, but it would have been a completely different dynamic, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, the, in terms of casting, I always, uh, I think they started with a good, a great foundation. Um, and obviously the, it's kind of interesting how the first season you see plenty of people who are never in other seasons, you know, um, like other background characters um, who, because at that point they weren't there, you know, it's not like season eight or nine where you've got the whole office you can use for a lot of funny character moments and stuff like that. You really, yeah, you really just have this, you know, core four or five people that you're really paying attention to. And then a couple other, you know, like, like, I, I like Stanley and, and, and Angela and Kevin and Oscar, like some of those people get a little bit more attention. You know, there's, there's still that ensemble that's smaller. Um, and yeah. so, yeah. So in terms of, of casting, I really like, uh, how that process, you know, it's fun. It's fun to watch the uh, the old audition tapes um, <laughs> of all the different people because there were, there wasn't Bill Hader too for like mm-hmm. Dwight and um, the what were some of the other ones? Well, let's see. Um, I w- that's actually a good transition because I was gonna um, talk about some stuff in the book from casting. So here's a list of. Wait a second, I lost it. Because there's one part that's like... Oh, here we go. Okay. A casting memo shows that Paul Rudd, Steve Zahn, Asif Mandvi, Robert Smeagol, Smeagol, (laughs) Michael Showalter, Zach Orth, Josh Radner, Ron Livingston, and Colin Hanks were all considered very early on for the part of Jim. Well, Ron Um, Livingston and... (laughs) Yeah. Josh Radner. Josh Radner. It's like basically the same <laughs> <Yeah>. person. <but laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That and been then um, let's see for Dwight. I think Josh Radner would have benefited from being Jim over Ted. I don't know. I I I kind of I actually disagree. I I, I think I don't know. People love I just can't see him as Ted. People don't really. I mean, people hate Ted's character. Like I know, but that's what I I think. Like he played Ted's character better. Well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I, well, yeah, like I wouldn't have wanted to see, like, yeah, like I think he played it well. I think, yeah, exactly. I think he fit that role really well. It's just in terms of career trajectory, you know, because I feel like John Krasinski's gotten way more opportunities after The Office than Josh has gotten after How I Met Your Mother. So here are some of the people that also tried out for Dwight in addition to Rain Wilson Seth Rogen. Judah Friedlander, Patton Oswalt, Matt Besser, Matt Price, and Jarrett Grode. And Pam, for Pam, Jenna Fisher was up against Marilyn Raskub. Chloe from uh, And Dudek. Yeah, Chloe. What? That would <laughs> yeah. have been weird. I know, right? Oh, man. And, uh, and the final one, Catherine Hahn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that would have been, been pretty good, too, that, like, but I don't know if for like the long term like love arc, if it would have been as because it's like you know I've, I've never I've never seen her in that kind of role where she's like really takes that romantic side. She's always kind of like messing around, like mm-hmm. you know she's <laughs> like I, it's kind of hard to see her in any kind of serious moments. But at the same time, like she's good, so I would have it would have hmm. been interesting to see her um, in that role. Also, guess who Jenna Fisher was married to at the time. Someone on the show? No, mm-hmm. another a famous person that probably was not famous at the time. I'm oh, pretty sure. okay. Um, uh, uh, hmm. 
<laughs> is it like someone from like one of those Judd Apatow movies? Like, no, I'll give you a okay. hint. He is a director that has contributed, a writer director that has contributed to the MCU. Writer director MCU. <sighs> okay, Joe Johnston. <laughs> I don't know. No. Wait, is he a... Oh, I'm thinking of the actor. Yeah, no. Um, oh, yeah, no. The the guy who directed Jurassic Park 3 and um, something else. Uh, okay, Captain I'll give America, you a hint. Uh, what, what, okay, one more hint. <laughs> the opposite of his name, you might say, could be <laughs> Mrs. Knife. Mr. Spoon? I don't know. No, no. Think about think. What's another thing that's the opposite of a knife? Uh, uh, opposite of a knife? I said spoon. I don't know. <laughs> Complimentary. Uh, a fork? No, there's no Mister Fork in Hollywood. <laughs> okay, just tell me. <laughs> James Gunn. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Those were not very good hints, by the it's way. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is knife. Mr. Spoon? Um Mr. Fork? <laughs> yeah, so um so yeah, that's just that's something interesting that, you know, I I mean I'm not surprised like they never talk about it on Office Ladies because like it's irrelevant to the show and like, you know, they're they're ex husbands, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Jenna Fisher was married to James Gunn, and Angela Kinsey was married to Warren Lieberstein. Wow. None other than Toby's brother. Oh, wow. Uh, Rory Flunderson? <laughs> <laughs> I have a load of preserves. Yeah, so um, oh, let's see. What else about casting? So um, this is kind of this is kind of fun. The original like casting calls are really cool because they're very close to, you know, what we got. Um, I'm not going to read all of them, but for example, Dwight Schrute, you know, some of these are just spot on to what we got. Dwight is the team leader and Michael's sidekick. He actually admires Michael Scott, although it is unclear if this is due to Scott's personality or Dwight's officious inclination to look up to whoever is, whoever is above him in the hierarchy. Dwight is obsessed with survival, personal security tactics, and other grandiose nerd action fantasies, probably because he got his ass kicked a lot as a kid. Yeah, all makes sense. And then there's there's this, which is something that when I first read, I thought, that's not Dwight. But then the more I thought about it, it does fit. It says, although aggressively horny, he has no idea how to behave with women. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, what? Yeah, because it's like so. Okay, so what? Yeah, what's your interpretation of why? So when I first like at first, I couldn't think of any examples of him being aggressively horny. Obviously, there's examples of him being like clueless with women, like with um, like when they're in the bars, hot girl. Oh, and hot girl. Okay, yeah, yeah, Yeah. like the purse thing, and um, but and then obviously, yeah, like later in the show when he's asking Toby about like, you know, women parts. Yeah, and like where, (laughs) like. Who, like, when two gay men have sex, how do they know which one's penis will open up to accept the Yeah, like that, yeah, (laughs) you're right, it's like that weird... But the thing that does track in terms of him being aggressively horny, if you think about it, is when Jim and Pam get married and he hooks up with Pam's cousin or whatever. Right. Isabel. Yeah. Like, 
that totally fits. Like he's like, I don't know. He's just like sort of a sex machine in that episode. But, but I yeah, it's weird though because I think as the show progresses, it, he treats it. He treats sex like like he would like if if it were animals. Like it's for mating mm. and that's it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he, it's not like he's like. Uh, like he doesn't ever want to go out with the guys and like try to get laid, you know. Like he's if he does, it's just to look cool. It's not. It doesn't seem like it's. Mm-hmm. it's so it's funny how the, I think that is one thing that did a little change a little bit in terms of like not necessarily for that reason of him being like really hot and heavy. It's just he just kind of like well, we need to mate, you know what I mean? And that's kind of his because it became this animalistic farm thing where he kind of because that that took a lot of his personality, his farm as the show progressed. Um, and his, his cult, like his, um, kind of like Amish culture and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And like the, and then the last thing I'll read from Dwight's description that actually like straight up went straight into an episode in a later season, (laughs) if stuck in an elevator, Dwight would probably start drinking his own urine (laughs) after 10 minutes. (laughs) I mean, that is I have to establish a pee corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh. So, um yeah, and then, you know, Jim, um his descriptions on point. Interestingly, originally his name was Jim Nelson. Which is weird to me. Um it's kind of one of those things like if something was different for your entire life, would it really be weird or would the thing that you're used to now be weird? So Right. Um yeah. Cuz like Halpert Halpert's weird, but it also fits his little kind of lanky, longer, kind of mm-hmm. like, like something about his looks in Halpert works, but like Nelson, you feel like he should have like a mustache <laughs> or something like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. There's a difference to it. Um, and Dwight Schrute, like Schrute, it's kind of like root and then like soil and then like all the stuff he does with like, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think they, I think they did a good job of kind of, uh, changing last names because I'm sure were there any others that they changed or was it were, were those the main ones so there there were a couple other things that that changed slightly mm-hmm. but not much so listed for additional characters is Ryan the 20 something college boy temp Jan Levinson Gould the attractive no nonsense boss above Michael Scott Todd Packer the crew traveling salesman Stanley, the lifer at the office, a worn-out cart horse. So those are all obviously, you know, <laughs> what we got. And then here's one that's we never got. Kristen, an irritatingly bland, stupid, nice girl with no depth. And then it says this character was ultimately eliminated. Huh. Which I think... I feel like that was like uh, like in later seasons, like um, season seven. Like the girl who was like... D'Angelo's assistant? Yeah, Jordan. Um, Jordan? That's like Jordan, basically. And then um, (laughs) Big Keith, a stolid accountant with no affect but an odd mind. This ultimately became Kevin. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Big Keith was the name of the BBC character, right? Oh, uh, maybe. I think so. I'm not sure. Um, Roy, a masculine working class hunk. And then... Two or three employees to sit in the back and work, but who we might develop. They should not be better looking than Jim or Pam. They should feel like they're in the world of the show as actors and have a sense of humor. At least one should be African American. <laughs> you know, 
You know what's really funny about Stanley in the first season? It's actually, I think, the is it the first or second episode in the conference room? Everybody's sitting except for Stanley, which is so funny because you know how like he's in the opposite. It's like the opposite for the whole yeah. show. He's the only one. He's just like sitting on this crossword doing nothing. And then this meeting in this first season, he's very like his sleeves are rolled up. He's standing up. He's very like <laughs> he's asking questions very like inter- wow. interactively with. It's just it's really interesting to see like. You know, because, like, it, some of the other characters have minor change. Like, Ryan, obviously, as his character progresses, he becomes, like, four different people. But, like, someone like Stanley, he's basically kind of that same character. And then he'll he'll have moments where he kind of, like, has all this energy, like, in Florida or something. But he's basically this, like, lazy kind of, I'm just, well, I'm just here to pass the day along kind of thing. And then it's funny how in that first season he's, uh, or at least that one, there's that one moment in that first episode where he's very... Like he's standing up, he's got a lot of energy. It's just, it's really, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, that's, that's really cool though. Um, you know, in terms of like how the characters, like how they kind of mapped out how they wanted the characters in the office to be. I mean, like obviously, like Phyllis was one of those that she was a writer, right? And, and then she kind of, they wanted her to become part of the show after after a little bit she was a i think she was actually a casting assistant um, okay okay but yeah it's it's funny that the the thing for phyllis says phyllis a female employee with experience as a straight woman in burlesque <laughs> and then in brackets they clearly already had phyllis smith in mind when they wrote this description because she had a background in burlesque <laughs> and then finally anton a dwarf or midget a tolkien character before they eliminated this character from the pilot, they discussed having Peter Dinklage come in to read for it. Wow. That would have been, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, but then would he have been on Game of Thrones? Because I feel like... I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, interestingly, <laughs> Angela is absent from these casting notes. So I don't know... Um, you know, because even like... Even though, like, Kevin and Oscar, like, they weren't series regulars for a while, like, characters resembling them are are in these notes, whereas Angela is just, I do not see. Yeah, because I feel like she's so, like, there's, there's, she's so specific that you, that, you know, that you feel like she would be there, like, very strict, religious you know, like no nonsense woman, you know, like really, sh- you know, like short, like that just seems like she's very descriptive. So it seems like something that, that, that they would, that they would have for her. Um, um, and then lastly for casting, I'll just go over the, some of the names that were tossed around for Michael Scott. A lot of these were not, you know, a lot of these never got past the discussion phase. Here we go. So I'm just going to read. There's one though, I think would have worked really well. Oh, Okay. All right, let me know that after I read. Okay. Christopher Guest, John C. Riley, Eugene Levy, Cedric the Entertainer, Rick Moranis, Dan Aykroyd, Matthew Broderick, Owen Wilson, Jason Lee, Steve Buscemi, Stanley Tucci, John Favreau, <laughs> William H. Macy, Gary Cole, Hank Azaria, Robert Townsend, Jeff Garland, Stephen Colbert, Dave Foley, Mark McKinney, Richard Kind, Kevin Nealon, Horatio Sands, Thomas Lennon, Dan Castanet, Dan Cast, 
Dillonetta. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> David Arquette. Paul F. Tompkins. Louis C.K. Ben Falcone. God. And Jason Siegel. <laughs> what? Isn't that crazy? So basically every single comedy actor that was alive at that point at that point in time. I, I <laughs> like wow. I'd say seventy percent of those would be awful. <laughs> yeah. Like Jason Siegel, he's like he's like the same exact like age as like every as like Jim and Dwight. It just that would have been weird. Um also wasn't he already on How I Met Your Mother at that time? Like I think I feel like uh, well, well, how much about I think started what two thousand five, maybe. This was around the same time, but um, yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. So maybe it was like that conflicting thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, some of these like Richard Kind, like what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, there, there, like uh, the there's. Well, there was one that you that you didn't mention that actually. What? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it. There's a couple more down here. Hang on. Oh God, um, there's more. <laughs> no, no, no. Just they say Allison Jones says they made an offer to Paul Giamatti, um, and that was the days when movie stars did not do TV. So he said no. Then oh we tried gosh. Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he said no as well. What? Um, let what me see if there are any other. What, Paul what, Giamatti. What was the one I left out? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> come on, calm down. And like, look, that would have been so bad. And the other thing is, like, one of the one of the important things to Greg Daniels was not to have like a celebrity on the show because that would take people out of the realistic nature of like the documentary. So if you have any of those people, I mean, like even like I don't know, like lesser known, like Jason Lee, John Favreau, right? Like they're known, they're well known enough that you'd recognize. One of the ones you listed that I never thought about that would have actually been, I think, would have actually worked because he never had his own like, like, main show where he was the lead. Uh, Kevin Nealon. Hmm. I mean, you know, he was in Weeds, but I mean, I think yeah. his personality would have worked. It wouldn't have been as quirky. It would have been a little bit more of that dry, like, you know, like Kevin Nealonism to it. But I think his style of humor really would have worked with it. Yeah, um, I, I can see better that. than some of the other actors. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Garland. I know, right? Jeff <laughs> Garland. <laughs> now, Stephen Colbert. Oh, guys, I could see guys. I could see Stephen Colbert as well, just because you know he and Steve Carell worked together on like the da- Daily Show. Well, yeah. Oh, and then was it Broccoli Rob? Right? Or oh yeah, Broccoli Rob, which I recently learned that like <laughs> I feel dumb, but and you definitely wouldn't know this because I know your palate. <laughs> but broccoli rob is like a type of food it's 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 like a way broccoli is prepared oh my gosh yeah i didn't it's know spelled that spelled r a b e broccoli rob oh my gosh <laughs> so that's, that's, that's funny. where that nickname came from <laughs> <laughs> oh let's see and then another another one bob odenkirk yeah oh that's that's it that that's was the, the one. one yeah that's the one that that's yeah, the one could have been good say. yeah yeah I think he was their close second. Yeah, because we saw him in that role, you know, in season nine. So it's like, mm. it was perfect. Like, it was like, yeah. well, you, and also, but also he knew what to kind of do. But also you could see if that's where the character is going, that he would have been able to capture. Yeah, that, it's funny. Know? Like, in a bizarro world, uh, Bob Odenkirk is Michael Scott and Steve Carell is just on that one episode as, like, the Michael Scott-esque boss. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, yes. Like older. That would have been crazy because he would have been the, you know, he would have had like gray hair and like 
probably would have looked a little different, yeah. you know? Yeah. Bizarro <laughs> world. So yeah, that's uh that's pretty much it. Um Yeah, casting wise, that's uh it's pretty interesting. <clears throat> you know, I mean I, I wonder how like obviously as the show goes on they have different when it comes to guest stars and, and reoccurring characters, how they cast um, you know, because like at this point, they're just it's just tons of auditions and tons of people and names. But like as the show goes on, you have these like other characters that they kind of cast. That's kind of interesting to see how they kind of like how do they get Idris Elba, uh, for example, as Charles Minor and mm. you know stuff like that. Where they how do they make those decisions on like a Will Ferrell as yeah, D'Angelo? We'll, we'll Vickers have to get and, into that like in later seasons. But but yeah, I think it definitely they started out with um, we don't want any stunt casting. Um, obviously later in the series that kind of went out the window because of how big the show got and then how they were taking things to the next level. But, you know, in the stress relief episode, since it was airing right after the Super Bowl, the network wanted some famous people in the episode so that they could like draw more viewers and stuff. And so that's where, that's why you have Jack Black and Cloris Leachman in that weird movie. <laughs> That like Andy and Jim and Pam are watching because it's wait so that so so they recorded that way earlier, right? Is that what you, or is that is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about in that episode that was the reason they had that like Jack Black and they cast him in this like half movie mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, exactly the latter. So it's like they okay. the network mandated them. You you have to have like at least you know two famous people in this episode because right. it's like our big moment um, and. Wow. They didn't want to just have Jack Black wandering in, you know, because why would he be in Scranton? And so that's why they're like, oh, let's like make this little like fake movie. Um, oh, I see. So they had to actually use someone. It's not like they could just have a celebrity guest as another character. They need to have like a real celebrity show up in the world of the show. Yeah, because they didn't want yeah. to cast a celebrity as like a char- a fictional character because they're just like people are going to immediately sort of be pulled out. Well, like they can only do that in like Emmy commercials, right, or something like yeah, like what they did with like Jesse from Breaking Bad, and right, yeah, yeah. Like, but even then, they're all those, you know, they're playing the characters. So, so yeah. What do you you want to go over the pilot? Oh yeah. Well, so we talked about the first two pretty much the pilot and Diversity Day, um, and we didn't talk that much about Diversity Day, but you know, it was kind of went over those two. But the next one's Healthcare, which is the uh, mm. one of the more kind of iconic ones for the first season yeah. um, where Michael's got a big surprise at the end of the day <laughs> for them having to deal with, uh, you know, uh, the, the healthcare Dwight picking a bad healthcare plan and uh, going over everyone's illnesses. Um, this is the episode where you really kind of get that. It's like they, you can, they're kind of really starting to get their footing down at this point in terms of like, you really have, you have Michael doing this and then Michael making all these phone calls uh, trying to get you know like the, the mine shaft. Oh, so it's not like a ride. You don't like it's not like a free fall, <laughs> you know. And then that's the first time we hear Creed, Creed's yeah. voice. Um, but even though he's not Creed, but he's the guy at the mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it's funny because you're watching Michael slowly <clears throat> get more and more digging more and more deeper in this hole while the office is dealing and and Dwight and everybody else is dealing with this healthcare thing. And so, like, those two competing storylines, I think, are really <laughs> interesting. And it's the first time you really get that in the show. Uh, and then it all comes together at the end for that great, like, okay, everyone's already really mad about what's been going on with the healthcare, And then he just sits there for, like, two minutes, like, 
<laughs> stalling on this <laughs> surprise reveal that there's nothing. And then when he brings in the uh, ice cream sandwiches and Stan's like, well, this, this isn't the big surprise, is it? Because we've been having a pretty horrible day. <laughs> yeah, and then he's, and then there's just like two minutes of silence where he's like, the big yeah. surprise is. <laughs> and it's funny leaving. watching the whole cast. Like everyone's just like slowly like, all right, let's, this is, uh, <laughs> obviously this isn't happening. Let's get out of here. You know, like Ryan, especially Ryan, Ryan like rolls his eyes so, <laughs> so much. <laughs> Jim's really pissed. Uh, yeah, so it's that's a great one. Um, any other thoughts for for you on that? No, I think maybe just to, we should mention that this is you know Meredith's first big moment. Oh yeah, where yeah. she declares that <laughs> no, <laughs> I still have a vagina. <laughs> Uterus is not a vagina. <laughs> I still have a vagina. Yeah, there, some of the moments there where they're reading out like illnesses, and then it's just so awkward at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Alliance, number four. Now this mm. one, we finally we get a little bit. It's kind of crazy because by the end we start getting a little tension with uh, Roy and uh, Jim and mm. Pam, which we haven't yeah. really got yet. You know, so far it's just been this friendly. Um, this is kind of where that minor storyline beats are starting to come in about their kind of relationship. Um, yeah, because basically this whole episode, Jim's, you know, Jim and Pam are kind of messing with, with Dwight. And by the end, mm-hmm. he's able to get his revenge by <laughs> basically saying, hey, I don't know what what alliance. What are you talking about? You know, um, and uh, then that makes Jim look bad. And uh, yeah, not good. So it's the first episode where we really get at the end a little bit of drama for someone other than Michael, and a lot of a lot of uh, Survivor references in this yes. episode, which yes. you know Survivor's huge at the time, and um, I love that first season. The director of photography for The Office, Randall Einhorn, worked on Survivor, and so yes. that was one of the big things that Greg Daniels wanted to use these these the, this camera department that has that it's used to doing reality stuff. So um, yeah. Just like in, uh, yeah. and then they reference later Ryan's like, do you remember season 10 of Survivor? <laughs> Back when I was in New York, I did a girl who looked, or I hooked up with a girl <laughs> who looked almost exactly like her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's, it's cool how they always have those little mini references to, uh, to Survivor throughout the show. But uh, yeah, the next one is Basketball, which is arguably the best one of the season. I mean... Uh, to me personally, you know, in terms of rewatchability, um, yeah, I like, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. It, it's it's got a lot of um, of great little moments and like just <laughs> it's like this is exactly what you would expect from Michael, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like the, his picks for the team are all like you know uh, what you what you would expect. You know, it's uh, Stanley, obviously. Why, obviously. <laughs> And he's awful, you know, and then like it's great, you know, Kevin's really good and uh Yeah. And um like Dwight does really well and you don't expect him to do very well. And he makes all these shots and he's like, Yeah, he's like, like Pat, why didn't you pass me the ball? It was open. I was open, <laughs> yeah. He made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And apparently I I think um like Stanley's dribbling, like I think that was like him i think the way he put his arm up and everything like i think that was leslie david baker yeah (laughs) just that is so funny yeah 
Yeah, so good. Um, Secret weapon. Secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's and then this is when you really this is when we first um, meet the warehouse, right? This is the first. Well, no, the, the we the first time we ever see Daryl is in the Alliance where he's looking at Dwight in the box. <laughs> but this is the first episode we really get the warehouse. We really get to meet like you know we met Roy, we met Daryl, and those like kind of scenes really you know quickly, but. This is a full chance to see the see the warehouse in its element, and also some of the other workers, like like Jerry, the big mystery of the warehouse that we'll have to have a whole episode about. <laughs> I know, right? Such a mystery. The guy who plays, um, I don't know, if, uh, you know, from Prison Break, one of the guards is uh, one of the warehouse workers. I don't know if <laughs> yep. you ever noticed that. Um, yeah, that's right. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a great physical comedy episode that we haven't gotten yet. Um, and it, it's the first episode that you also get that's kind of like not fully in the office. You know, we get a lot, we get a new environment, a new location. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it's also building on that Roy and Jim rivalry a little bit. I mean, even though by the end it's kind of funny because he's like, Larry Bird, Larry Legend. You know, it's like there's no <laughs> like continual like anger that can that goes on it's like they they kind of just want to make sure that there's that you know there's a little bit of like rivalry between them but that it's not uh it's that heated yet you know what i mean it's it's still uh it's still kind of like burning a little bit but there's nothing it's not like uh i don't know where i'm going with this but you know basically yeah. <laughs> basically they you know or they've been just kind of giving you these little hints that there's that there's this triangle going on but without making it too obvious yeah, so basketball, fantastic episode. Speaking of heat, uh, we got hot girl, Amy <laughs> Adams. Yes, and, Amy uh, Adams. Great, uh, great casting here. I, I feel like she also auditioned for somebody. Was it, or was it, or there was something about Amy Adams that like that the office ladies talked about? Uh, I mean, I think they just talked about how they were just kind of trying to to cast someone that looked like Pam but a little bit hotter. Right, you right. Know? And that she was kind of a, at that point she was kind of a like starting to get bigger. Like she was pretty big at that or she wasn't that big as she is like now, but for example, but like she had started to do a few movies and kind of got she was on the map for them or for like at that point as a celebrity. Yeah, I think it goes that when they filmed she had been like nominated for an award for Junebug and then and then I, th- I want to say by the time this episode aired, she had one and had started getting more notoriety. And so it was one of those things where, yeah, it helped. It kind of helped with uh, the office's like publicity. Yeah. So it, it's uh, it's crazy because I was reading some of the stuff about this, the hot girl episode and you know Mindy Kelling's first episode she ever wrote, you know, and uh, obviously she wrote like 22 episodes for the series um, later on. But uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is that, BJ Novak talks about, um, well, first of all, Amy Adams really wanted to come back at some point. She loved working uh, on the show, and uh, BJ Novak actually said he wanted her to cameo in the seventh season episode, Threat Level Midnight, um, but she was unavailable for filming. So that's crazy, right? She she might have actually come back and... Uh, that would have been bit. so cool because, yeah, that would have made, made sense that, like, over the years while Michael is shooting this, like... He'd be like, At I one need a point. hot girl for this one part. So he would have put her in this really like demeaning like role that's like just like just be hot, you know? Yeah. I guess that's kind of what they did with Karen, right? Like they like Karen yeah. was in there and then they like had a little talking head with her where she's like, Oh god. Why did she sold out my line? 
Because, like, it's funny because in the full version, you see everyone else talking. Um, but then in the episode itself, it's just you just hear her line. But, like, <laughs> yeah. every, other, every one of the other girls at that table says something <laughs> in the full version. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so if 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 you guys have, if you're you know if you're a fan of Threat Level Midnight and you haven't seen the full version, uh, just look it up on YouTube. It's like 25 minutes. Yeah, it's it's a fun watch. Yeah. Um. So, okay, let's see here. Uh, it actually says um, Hawker received the lowest rating in the show's history until it was beaten by eight season eight episode Tallahassee. Oof. Um, almost seven years later, after the lackluster reception of the episode. Um, Media Life magazine erroneously predicted that Hot Girl would also serve as a de facto series finale. <laughs> so, yeah, needless to say, going into season two, uh, you're not really sure what's going to happen um, with these characters in the show. Yeah, uh, and, and the cast didn't know either. I mean, that's you know they 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 think they filmed the first five episodes and they filmed it in a weird order. Um, but they filmed the first five episodes, and then the last episode they filmed like three or four months later, I think. I don't know if it was this one, or I think I think it was this one, right? I think this was the last one they filmed because they had Amy I Adams think in it. So yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, it, I'm trying to think if there's anything else about season one. It's funny because it's like it's a kind of a clunky first start, but it's also not. You know where the show goes. In comparison, it's a little like weird and different, and uh, yeah, not what you would expect based on later seasons. But um, and also re- like showing people who haven't seen the show, it's always kind of a little. Just trust me, it's not like this the whole time, kind of thing, you know. Um, but also rewatching it just as a you know rewatch by yourself or whatever with friends, it, it's great. You know, it's still those some of those moments are still there to make it like. You're not, it's not like parts of season nine where you're like, all right, let's skip through some of this. You know, you can really, no offense to season nine, but yeah, this first season, it's so, and it's so short too. It's so compact that, uh, that yeah, it's, um, it's good. Solid first, first season. It's, I can see why maybe people thought it wasn't going to continue to go. Um, but I'm really glad that it did (laughs) because obviously they got past that bump in the road a little bit and, uh, Season two and three are, you know, those are arguably some of their best stuff, you know. I mean, seasons three through four, or two two through four is kind of my favorite mm-hmm. bulk of stuff um, in terms of just gold and storylines and comedy and stuff like that, so. Yeah, it's definitely um, worth noting that despite the differences of season one to the rest of the Office series, it... It is still very much like in line with where the show's heading. Whereas if you look at, you know, something like Parks and Rec, that first season is quite different um, than what it turned into. Mostly, too, because they they were starting to build that Mark Brandanowitz storyline. And then eventually when he left, it was weird because they had to kind of just be like, forget about him, you know, kind of thing. And it, it. it kind of had a weird love storyline that they that they weren't really sure what to do with the first season or first few seasons. Yeah, and like I can't think of where I read this, so I feel like I might even be making it up. But I want to say I read something like the actor who played Mark Brandanowitz, like part of the reason he left the show was because he didn't agree with where 
like the showrunners wanted to take the show, which is right. a little bit more into that like playful, zany. Um, and so that's why you have uh, Chris and Ben coming in as he's leaving. It's kind of like they're replacing him. Um, yeah, yeah. So I yeah, I like the way that the show went, but um, but yeah, I think The Office season one is definitely, you know, is definitely closer to the essence of what the office is uh, compared to like, say parks and rec season one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause parks and rec, you can tell it's like they're, they're taking that format um, of the documentary style, the comedy documentary style and just doing something different with it. You know, it's, it doesn't yeah. feel so much like that, like that gray, gray scale office documentary. There's more color, there's more life, you know? Um, but obviously this is something we'll talk about more as uh, parks and rec in other episodes. But yeah, like uh, there's there's before we finish this off, there's a couple kind of interesting facts about Michael Schur and Greg Daniels. Some quick facts I, I wanted to to talk about really quick since uh quick facts, quick facts. Yeah, we have to make a <laughs> auto tune kind of thing. So the first one in 2016, uh, Michael Schur and Rashida Jones co-wrote the teleplay Nosedive, which is an episode of Black Mirror. Oh yeah. Um, crazy, right? <laughs> I love that episode. Yeah, that's the that's the um, Bryce Dallas Howard social mm-hmm. media one, right? Yeah, yeah. Like or like the one where she goes to the wedding and yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, so they wrote that together. Also, uh, Michael Schur is married to JJ Philbin, um, who was formerly a writer on The OC, and is daughter of television star Regis Philbin. Ah, oh, good old Reg. Yeah, Regis. <laughs> Classic. Um, okay, another one. Uh, both Michael Schur and Greg Daniels started in the industry writing for SNL. SNL is such a good... If you want to get into comedy, just just try to get into SNL. <laughs> just like, I don't know, what do you, what do you apply online? or um, uh, yeah, Daniels... Well, I, what, go, no, I was just going to say, I think the next thing you're going to say is also in line with that same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, as to why, yeah, um, which is that uh, uh, Paul Paul Lieberstein is actually the brother-in-law, and Paul Lieberstein is Toby, uh, of Greg Daniels. So, yeah, there's a little connection there. The other thing that's, I think, like most similar to the SNL connection is Daniels and Schur went to Harvard. Yeah, you know it's kind of like a, an old boys club, and um, when the office was starting out, like TV was starting to change, and you certainly have a lot of more diversity in the in the industry now. It's still quite dominated by the old boys club, but I do find it interesting that even this right. sort of groundbreaking show that took risks and did things new and innovative it's still originated yeah essentially in the old boys club of hollywood which is like you know i mean obviously like there's other um there's other places where a lot of people come from but but certainly like harvard and boston and and all that like that's mindy kaling is such a strong asset because she has this different perspective oh yeah and this kind of like she just brings a lot to the table that um that wouldn't be there otherwise um oh yeah and yeah and you know 
I, she's definitely the the her and John Krasinski have definitely had the best post office careers. Um, did you see her new show on Netflix? Oh yeah, um, never have I ever. Yeah, yeah it was great. Super um, good. Really good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love the whole John I, McEnroe I, thing. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that element's great. Um, and the one episode yeah. where um, Ben Gross. Oh yeah, his, that's my his narrator. My favorite episode is Ben is when Ben's like <laughs> by himself or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Andy Samberg is his narrator because they have the same. <laughs> their dad has the same agent or something, and like he owes yeah. him a favor. <laughs> it's so great. so funny. Yeah, no, I I, lo- I love it because it's half like cliche kind of like school kind of thing mm-hmm. you know like the but then it's not the whole time it's, mm-hmm. there's enough different stuff in there to make it like unique you know and yeah. really well told and it's it's kind of because it kind of reminds me of like freaks and geeks or something a little bit mm-hmm. um but it's got like these uh, these extra elements to it that make it really like the way the story is told and like and there's also kind of that thing because it's like this kind of reminds me of like master of none like mm-hmm. the the points where like aziz would talk about like his parents and how they are with with indian culture and stuff and yeah. you get a little bit of that in this too um yeah. but also you know and she's she's what co-writing with dan gore <gasps> the new yes. uh Blonde movie. oh my god i'm so stoked for that it's like what it's crazy like i remember so you know we're adam you and i are are millennials so we when you know when we were younger we experienced the whole y2k thing as kids and my main memory from new year's eve 1999 is watching legally blonde with one of my friends <laughs> while our parents were at a new year's eve party like we were just having a like hangout sleepover and just two so dudes funny. watching l woods like it was so fun <laughs> I don't, I just, it was so fun. And, uh, yeah. And you know, the second movie is like, meh, whatever. But yeah, I love, I love Dan Gore, his contributions to parks and rec and obviously Brooklyn nine, nine, uh, have me super stoked for legally blonde three. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to (laughs) be, I know. Right. It's like, it's so funny. Cause that's like, isn't that the, that's like the one in, in, um, the fire that gets made fun of like twice. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Legally blonde. No, Pam, this is like the movies you're gonna have forever. <laughs> and then later she says it, like, you know, Amy Adams says it and like Pam just laughs at her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that moment. That's so great. But it's funny because it's like I remember in the office days they talk about it's it's weird how Pam laughs at her because that's what she picked for one or she like or some or it's like she or no, she said she kinda like liked legally blonde or something but then like when when amy adams says it she laughs but like and and, and they were saying that it kind of seemed like it was mean of her but to me i thought it was i i actually thought it made sense um well no i i think i know what you're saying is that it makes sense because regardless of how pam feels about the movie she's laughing at the fact that yeah that jim thinks that's you know lame or whatever and it's like Katie's first pick, you know. Anyways, yeah, season one of The Office, um, originating in the United States. Oh wait, no. Uh, <laughs> well, this one, this version. Yeah. And uh, what in like literally a week, um, just to to show the <laughs> to show the date of this episode, we have Space Force coming out, which mm. is the new Greg Daniels, Steve Carell show. Very exciting. So, well, we'll definitely definitely be talking about that and. Uh, Probably probably a few episodes about some cold opens. 
Um, yeah. Rank those. Talk about some of those. Otherwise, yeah, this has been uh, the Office Men. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd say I'd say we really took this approach uh, at looking at season one. We took it seriously. We yeah. We looked at it long and hard. And uh, hey, that's what sure said. Mm-hmm.